Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sharing Everything. We are your hosts. I'm Katie. I'm Joe. You're Joe. Uh, we are married, and we like making each other watch movies we like because we like each other. And so, the Joe, movies. And the movies. We do enjoy movies. So, what did I make you watch this week? The Way, Way Back. The Way, Way Back. Mm-hmm. All right. Would you like to share everything about this movie and tell us what it's about? Yes. All right. Go for it. So, um, it's a story about an awkward kid who goes, uh, he goes to his mom's boyfriend's summer house, Mm -hmm. which is like in a beach community where I guess, I guess he's like rich, right? The dad is rich. The, the, the mom's boyfriend is rich because he doesn't seem to work. They, they just spend the summer. I don't actually know. At a, I don't really at a beach house, it. smoking pot and drinking all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so Steve Carell is the mom's boyfriend. I don't know who the mom is. Tony Collette. Okay. Um, and then there's blonde, a daughter of Steve Carell, and brunette boy, son of Tony uh, Collette. Of Tony Collette, who kind of looks like a more um, fleshed out, like a, a more full bodied um, Shelley Duvall. I don't know who that is. She was olive oil in the live action version mm-hmm. of Popeye. Okay. Which is an awful movie and no one should ever watch it. <laughs> okay. I will cross that one off my list. Rest in peace, Robin Williams. She's also the, the wife slash mother in The Shining. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, so Sun is awkward. Mm-hmm. And he is dragged along to the to the summer house, even though he doesn't really want to be there. And spends the first act of the movie basically moping around until he meets Sam Rockwell, who is the owner-manager of Water Wiz, which is a water park. Mm-hmm. He eventually gets a job there and becomes friends with Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. And friends with other blonde daughter of alcoholic neighbor mm-hmm. um and and uh develops some sort of loose crush on her mm-hmm. as well as some sort of weird friendship with a very um oh, what was the name of the kid in kings of summer who was super weird um I can't remember. Bellagio, right? Something like Something that, yeah. Like that. A very Bellagio-esque yeah. boy with a lazy eye who's also the, the child of uh alcoholic uh, neighbor lady. There's also another neighbor couple who hangs out with the adults, mm-hmm. um, the wife of whom is, is apparently having a long-running affair with Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. Which Sun finds out about and says, well, I didn't like you before and now I very much don't like you. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some conflict with that with the mother. Um, and in the end, they all go home. The son having found some confidence in himself, kissing the girl he likes to kiss, hugging Sam Rockwell, and um, having sort of made a name for himself in this water park. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so what did you think? It was good. It was good. Um, The description on Amazon Prime from where we rented Mm -hmm. this movie said it's from the studio that brought you Little Miss Sunshine and Juno. Mm -hmm. I would say this is probably the the least understated of those three Mm -hmm. of of that like sort of trilogy of of awkward teenagers learning to be less awkward. Or at least embrace their awkwardness. This was it was um, the least like mumble core. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't a lot about it that I didn't like, mm-hmm. um, but I also didn't watch it and say, "Wow, this has changed how I watch movies forever." Yeah, it, it was it was a standard, good, safe movie. I like Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. I like uh, Maya Rudolph, who's also in it as as the sort of um, the brains behind the operation at the Water Wiz. Yeah. For for whom, um, Sam Rockwell pined after. Mm-hmm. Um. 
This is in the class of movies, though, uh, that I don't I don't know how strongly I feel about them. Um, like Juno and Little Miss Sunshine and like Adventureland, where it's like the philosophical teen movies, mm-hmm. um, wherein the kids act like adults and the adults act like children, except for when they need to create conflict and everything like it doesn't feel super real. Like, it feels like a microcosm where something like this, like, in real life would never happen, but it's something that's, like, fun to fantasize about if you're also 13 or 14 or 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. Um, like, your spectacular nows and your moonrise kingdoms and yeah. stuff like that, where uh, even, like, Paper Towns was kind of like this, mm-hmm. too. Um, your sort of young adult fiction adventure um, thing, where it's... Not quite magical realism, um, but it's not quite realism. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you call it? Because I was thinking about it while we were watching the movie. I wanted to call it hyper-realism, but it's not hyper-real. It's like it's like a weird sort of like no consequences mm-hmm. bubble that, that these people go into for the purpose of the, of the movie. I'd sort of call it like suburban fantasy or something. Yeah. 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 Which is close to urban fantasy, which has more fantasy elements. But yeah, something like that, like suburban daydream. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can see that. Which, if someone makes a music genre called suburban daydream, <laughs> I, w- I will listen to that all day. Which is probably just vaporwave. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I noticed that you like movies like this a lot. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you why you like these things. Um, I think because it's sort of that... When you can't identify with the kid who's in the thick of the story, it sort of just does kind of play out like, you know, sort of like not really wish fulfillment, but it's like you get some like you get something out of this movie that you kind of wish you could get out of your real life, kind of. Um, specifically, this movie kind of like resonated with me. I know you're already aware of this, but like I had a step-parent relationship that was very eerily similar to this um so when of of course i did see this movie years and years and years after that was no longer a part of my life yeah from 2013 yeah this movie is so it was pretty far removed from that but when i watched it this movie i sort of said you know i identify with this a lot um and i think that i enjoy this type of movie because for the same reasons I enjoy young adult literature because like I can feel it like I can feel being this character I can feel how they feel in these situations and I can feel how I would feel in these situations um so I think for me it's just sort of like it feels kind of like home which is weird to say when this wasn't a particularly happy home movie mm-hmm. but like it feels like the type of like the type of thing that if I was still that age and still had these situations in my life, that's like how I would want things to play out kind of. Mm-hmm. So I sort of like that element where it's like I sort of get this time machine back into my life and I see things that are similar to things that I went through and sort of seeing a different way of it happening kind of i don't know if that makes any sense yeah it does so so it is sort of like that power fantasy mm-hmm. that thing that 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 um like feminists like to talk about with action movies and stuff about men like seeing seeing the main male character and it's like your your male power fantasy um but this is just like awkward teenage power fantasy Mm -hmm. where like instead of of becoming like the hero you people just like you for you and you don't have to try so hard Mm -hmm. um which i can see you know i was i was a moody awkward teenager too (laughs) um i think i think when i was a kid i i i was more sort of trying to think of the right word i didn't like these movies quite so much um Mm -hmm. 
sort of just because it felt like, yeah, right to yeah. me. Like, it actually felt more realistic to watch a kung fu movie and, and be like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> right? Because it's almost like he, he went to Terabithia, which is a nice reference because the girl who yeah. played the, the, the love interest of him was also in Bridge to Terabithia. Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, yeah, he didn't really have to try that hard. Everyone just, like, they either didn't like him or they liked him, you know? Yeah, it was... Like, I feel like that's realistic, though, because Mm -hmm. he didn't have to change anything about himself. It's just he found the people who appreciated him for who he was. Yeah. Which is sort of like what you should do in life instead of trying to change yourself for other people. Just at the end of the movie, the during the credits, the song, I wish I remembered the lyrics, but it was something like go where the love is or something Mm -hmm. like that. And that's pretty much it. Which which as uh, like a a 14 year old is hard to do because... Mm -hmm. If you go to a high school where no one likes you, mm-hmm. that like that's it, you know. Yeah. If your parents don't understand you, that's that's it. Um. Yeah. So so it's interesting to to watch that. Um. But but I think like as a kid watching movies like this, mm-hmm. it was just sort of like yeah, well that doesn't happen, <laughs> you know. Like and uh, because you brought it up. Um, or you didn't bring it up as you were talking, um, that scene from Perks of Being a Wallflower mm-hmm. popped in where um, Emma Watson is talking to the other dude about Logan Lerman. And she's like, I don't think he has any friends. Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's make everyone at this party notice him right mm-hmm. now. No one who is in their teens in the history of ever has ever done that for the new kid in school. Like, so, so it's really cool to see and it does, it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the reason why I, it's, it's sort of taken me into my twenties to appreciate movies like this is because, um, it make it, it probably just made me grumpy or angry or <laughs> jealous to watch that as a kid. Yeah. That's um, understandable. It was sort of like a, why can't this be real life kind of thing? Yeah, sort of. Like sort of resenting that the kid in the movie gets what you most want in the world. Yeah. I mean, that that makes me sound very, very immature as no, a teenager. I get it. I, I agree. Um, I do think that these movies are more enjoyable when you're a little bit removed from being in that situation yourself. Mm-hmm. Just because like you kind of realize that you didn't get that when you were a kid, but where you are now, like, you still turned out okay kind of thing. Yeah. It's sort of like you got what you needed, just not the way that you were expecting or the way this movie portrays that you would get it. Yeah. So is this movie for, or are movies like this, is this genre of movie for adults? I think... uh, is this is this a nostalgic wish fulfillment movie genre? I think so, but I think there is there in all of these movies there is something for the kids like that mm-hmm. can identify with it, but I think as an adult like these movies I think are more catered toward you to say, "Hey, remember back when you, you know, mm-hmm. had no friends and you had parents who didn't listen to you and all this stuff." Like this kid doesn't either. Mm-hmm. You're uh, you can identify with him and sort of just think back on your life and be like, yep, but everything's okay. Um, but I think there's also stuff for the kids who are going through that because maybe, like you said, like you could identify quickly that like this movie, like if you are watching this movie as a kid and you were in a similar situation, you would kind of just look at it and be like, yeah, right. Like yeah. you would be able to tell right away that that's not going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. But like. In a way, I feel like that sort of helps. It kind of like re... Um, I can't think of the word. Sort of like reorganizes maybe your thoughts when you're a kid in this situation. You might say, you know, maybe my expectations are too high <laughs> for what I need. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Just... Um, I've been in a very contentious mood lately. So I, I feel I feel the need <laughs> to like challenge this movie. Okay. Um. That doesn't reflect on how I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. It's a good movie. Okay. I would watch it again. Okay. Um, but like, 
like I don't know. Like I feel like like it's almost doing a disservice by by being more for these like 30 year olds who are writing it because so the people who wrote it and directed it were also in it Mm -hmm. they were the the bald grumpy rental hello i'm the host of this episode you're taking over my my tidbits here oh yeah sorry um and and the the really pervy water slide guy um and you can just tell just by looking at them that like oh yeah they were definitely this kid Mm -hmm. (laughs) like they're goofy looking um so it's interesting um one one joke at the very beginning that made me grumpy can i can i point that out sure alcoholic mom runs over to 14 year old boy and says you brought a man for me (laughs) hello sailor (laughs) and i think we talked about this either on an earlier episode or Mm -hmm. or before if that joke is gender swapped, yeah. it does not work. Nope. It sure if a forty something drunk man runs up to a fourteen year old girl who is the not even the, the, the daughter of the guy who who he's friends with, mm-hmm. that's super creepy. Yeah, it really is. Running out with a glass of like um like vodka in his hand or rum, because they're on the beach, rum. And and just like runs up to this girl and says, Oh, you brought a woman for me. Hey, mm-hmm. baby. Like, that doesn't work. No, it doesn't. And um, it's just something that's always interesting to me. Like, we watched, um, we, we have seen what Hot American Summer, mm-hmm. where there is a scene wherein, like, at the end of the movie, essentially a five-year-old kid is, like, dating this grown woman. It's, I don't it's one that. of the side, it's one of the side um, stories where... For, like, the younger kids, one of the camp counselors is, like, going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And the wise beyond his years, like, little boy is like, hey, hey, you're better than this. You don't deserve him. And then at the end, they're like... Oh, yeah. Almost making out. Again, if you gender swap that... Yeah. It just doesn't work. And that's a, it's just an interesting thing to me. Um, not from any, like, well, if men can't mm-hmm. have this, then women can't either. It's just, like, interesting to me. Um looking at gender dynamics that you don't normally look at mm-hmm. um I, I, I don't know it, it's just like oh, oh that's weird so it's, it's like it's just it's did that make you uncomfortable it did because but... it, it was played off as a joke mm-hmm. no i i agree i that's what i the first time i saw this movie too i was more grossed out by it probably because this time i knew it was coming but mm-hmm. um I was thinking about that, but the thing is, like that has, ha- like I've seen that happen in real life, where, yeah. where no, I mean, like with with a young oh. boy and a grown drunk woman, mm-hmm. like I've seen situations yeah. like that, and it's it just makes you feel yucky. Um, but that being said, I've also seen the reverse where yeah, which so, again is, yucky. is is actually disgusting. Um, I just like I wish that as a culture as a society we could just agree to stop sexualizing children i think that would be awesome Mm. um but um anyway yeah i i wish that they would have just cut that 20 seconds and just like like, we got it yeah she's she's she's, lonely and she's drunk like she came she she runs out the door and says i'm off the wagon yeah (laughs) like she announces it and and she even uses an aa phrase too Mm -hmm. she's like oh just forgive and forget or whatever except accept and move on yeah or whatever and it's like oh Mm." yeah like this this is and then like the whole like she's like oh we're inviting ourselves and and, like you get the sense that everyone just kind of like what's up with her they sort of enable her yeah like Mm -hmm. but again um anna sophia who plays What's her? What's the name? Susanna. Of, Susanna, who plays Susanna, says, "Oh, it's like spring break for for adults." Yeah. Um, which I mean, that felt pretty accurate. Yeah. Well, yeah, because there was even a scene before they introduced that they were smoking pot, where mm-hmm. like everyone is at the table. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was edited out of order because there's the four adults sitting at the table all giggling. Yeah. No, they did drugs before that too. Because remember when he walked in and he before he takes care of their plates, he sees them like running down to the beach. They were doing. Oh, that was adults. I thought that was the. No, that was the parents. That was Steph with Kip and Joan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So. Kind of, we talked about this a little bit, like the gender thing. Mm -hmm. I was, I was thinking, like, would this movie work if the main 
character was a girl. Yes. It would. Yep. Would they have to gender swap Owen as well? Maybe not. No? No. See, because to me, that would come off as like a creepy relationship if it was a girl. There would be the potential for that, but... He he was so enamored with my Rudolph's character. That's true. I I think I don't necessarily think so. I think I think if he was played the exact same way, it would be okay. Mm-hmm. Um. And and gosh darn it, I can't think of any right now. But I'm sure there's a half a dozen movies that are that are like this where it's where it's a girl. See, I don't think there is. I think most of these movies that are in this genre focus on boys. Hmm. Like, you've got Perks of Being a Wallflower, you have Kings of Summer, you have Adventureland, you have all of these movies that are about a young boy who doesn't fit in, and so he searches for relationships with other people. A lot of the times, one of those relationships is with a girl, Mm -hmm. but, like, it's never, if it's a movie, if it's a movie in this genre with a female main character, I can guarantee that it's not going to be about finding yourself, it's going to be about finding a boyfriend or something like i don't think it's going to be the same type of story okay let me think well juno she was dealing with a very female problem Mm -hmm. but juno and little miss sunshine from the same producers i think that's a little bit different because little miss sunshine she's like nine years old or something yeah and and it's more of an ensemble movie yeah but the main character is a girl and it is about her sort of Mm -hmm. teaching everybody to be okay with themselves yeah um and then juno is again similar similar but different mm-hmm. um i feel like mean girls is sort of the same thing where for the m- majority of the movie she is chasing after a guy mm-hmm. um and also trying to take down a girl so like two very unfeminist things but um at the end of it she realizes to be herself and right and everything um you had your whole buffy the vampire tv series <laughs> yeah um but i mean she was a pretty blonde girl who, on the first day of school, got picked up by, like, mm-hmm. the popular girl in a, in a very Mean Girls-esque situation. I'm curious about that movie we're going to see next week, The Edge of Seventeen. I feel like this... Oh, yeah. See, be. I was going to bring that up, too. Yeah. That was okay. the other one where, again, a lot of it is her chasing after a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what that is, is the way that at least the trailer has portrayed it. It, it felt very real and not like she was like a girl going after a boy. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the the adult kid relationship is her and a dude because it's J.K. Simmons, right? Or is it Stanley Tucci? I don't know. All these white men look the same. <laughs> but it's, a, it's an adult who, who, when I was watching the trailer, said, oh, I'll see it because he's in it. Mm. Um and 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 just the way that it's portrayed feels very real where where she's sort of like i i want to i want to have sex with him um which is an interesting thing because we're also watching buffy the vampire slayer right now which is why i brought that up where mm-hmm. i think they use the word kiss when they mean the word sex in that movie or in that show really or she, yeah well because they're like angel was in your room last night and you spent the night was there any kissing i'm like <laughs> whoa hold on <laughs> This girl is is a high school what like sophomore probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If a boy she she finds attractive is spending the night in her room, there's going to be more than kissing going yeah, on. Yeah, but you have to realize who asked that question. It was Willow who has zero experience. Sure, this is true. However, like I don't know. Like this is also a thing from like '90s movies and stuff where mm-hmm. like I like I like that about the Edge of Seventeen where where it feels very real where it's like. 16 year olds had sex not me or or you um <laughs> but like like i definitely knew of people who were having sex in or late middle school early high school middle school wow i only knew people in high school hey the girl <laughs> what slept with the teacher at, at our high school oh. in sixth grade told me oh. you should go to church camp because you get to have sex with so many people and then look what happened yeah um Look that one up, everybody. <laughs> we have told you where we live. It should be pretty easy to find. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I want to change gears a little bit. Okay. Because Dur- there was no sex. There was not really anything sexual about this movie. No. In not fact, at all. the kid worked at a water park, and we never once see him with his shirt off, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, but there was the creepy. I'm going to make this girl stand at the water slide so I can. There look was. At her body. There was that. Um, 
and it was creepy and it went on for way too long it really really did and that girl didn't even have that great of a butt (laughs) (laughs) okay um anyway changing gears a little um you mentioned in watching this movie that you called owen the manic pixie dream boss yes and while i totally agree with that sentiment that he was the magic uh, i don't know what i want to say the magical like person he exactly the person he needed he was the man that picks your dream girl yeah um but i kind of like as i was watching this movie i kept thinking of people i know who are exactly like him oh yeah i I had a boss who was just like us so like to me it feels not as like ridiculous as when it's an actual manic pixie dream girl yeah shouts out to john green yeah because like and i feel kind of bad for saying that i wonder if that's sort of like a sexist thing that's going on in my head that i can't identify but like it felt more realistic for this guy to be this person for him than it would for um a girl Margot to be exactly who the kid in paper towns needed yeah um but yeah i was thinking like i know tons of people in real life who are actually like have a similar personality to this guy and i don't know maybe that's why it felt more realistic to me because i'm not out looking for a manic pixie dream girl Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know maybe um also they gave him a little bit more character than they normally give manic pixie dream girls um and they did it really subtly and they did it really well Mm -hmm. um this movie has a lot of really little subtle things that i liked um, which for movies like this, there aren't usually, mm-hmm. which is why I enjoy this more than, than I usually enjoy some of these other types of movies, mm-hmm. um, where he, the kid, he basically says like, the kid says, what would you know about my problems or something like that? And he says, don't, don't worry about how yeah, I know. Yeah, I liked that too. Um, and, and my Rudolph's character says like, don't you ever get tired of like playing this character? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's even a shot with him just like sitting in his apartment which is on the premises of the water park that he owns. Mm-hmm. And he's just like sad and it's like a shitty little apartment. Um, like you can definitely tell that there's like a deep sadness yeah. to this man um, where he's trying his damnedest to to be happy. Mm-hmm. But you can tell that like his only friends are people that work for him and kids who frequent the water park. Mm-hmm. Um which which is interesting where with the, the manic pixie dream girl from at least what i've seen and i'm i'm not a connoisseur of young adult <laughs> literature like you are um but like if there is any character to the girl she also has a deep sadness but it's usually because like her dad is mean or something yeah. like what was the thing for Margot? it was basically like her parents were mean or like they died parents, or something her parents didn't notice her and they didn't notice when she ran away or something oh, like okay. that yeah so, so something totally just like that would never happen to a person. Yeah, kind um, of. Yeah, a lot of times like the Manic Pixie Dream Girl characters, like they say that they feel misunderstood, but they're still super popular. They mm-hmm. still have lots of guys pining after them. Mm-hmm. They still have they have a lot of things. It's just they don't recognize it. So for this character, it was more like he really felt like his life was kind of empty. Mm -hmm. um and like he was in his life and he obviously had things around him but they weren't the things that he said he was looking for kind of thing Mm -hmm. well yeah you can even see it when he says like don't settle kid Mm -hmm. um because you can tell that he settled and when he says what he does for like during the winter Mm-hmm. Like he paints houses until it gets too cold, and then he works as a bartender in some dive until it's spring again. Yeah. Um. And th- just the town that they're in is like not the town that you live in. You know, right. um, a town where people spend their entire summers on the beach. The people who live there year round are not happy people. No. Um, because you're basically spending your entire life like catering to people who are way richer than you, who spend the entire summer dicking around, mm-hmm. smoking pot, and drinking. Um, which, which is, which is in, interesting. Um, the, the love interest girl mm-hmm. could have easily been a manic pixie dream girl, mm-hmm. um, but wasn't, I think it's because like, she didn't have a lot to do in this movie. She didn't. She was at the beginning. She was an accessory for Steph. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was very reluctant about it. Like you could tell, mm-hmm. um, 
and then she sort of morphed into like a sidekick for Duncan. Mm-hmm. Like she went, she took him out of the party after the parents went off to get high, and she like showed him the ghost crabs or something. So it was kind of like she went from being somebody's like not like what's the word I'm looking for? She was sort of like a an obligatory friend, mm-hmm. and then she took somebody under her wing so that she could get away from that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought she was she was an okay character. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't it did feel like she was a person. Yeah, yeah, she you did. know, um, more so than her little brother, mm-hmm. um, and even more so than Steve Carell's daughter. Yeah, who was heart? She was in the movie as much as the daughter and Uncle Nino was. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I think she was in a little more. Um, yeah, I feel like I was gonna say something else about the daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. This was I. I to my memory, this is the most unlikable Steve Carell has ever been in a movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, we haven't seen that Fox. What is it called? Fox, oh, Foxcatcher. Foxcatcher, yeah. where he's super creepy. Yeah. Um, I want to. We should see that. Okay. But yeah. Uh, this this was during his. I'm not Michael from the Office phase. <laughs> He he started it with Dan in real life, and I think I think he probably ended it with um, probably ended it with Foxcatcher, um, and then was able to do um, things like The Big Short and Crazy and, Stupid Love and Crazy Stupid Love, mm-hmm. um, which I think was part of that, like because that was like 2014, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so Dan in real life, this movie, Crazy Stupid Love, and then Foxcatcher, and then he's out. Yeah. Like he. Um, and, and good for him because none of those other people are doing anything good. Which people? Oh, the office? People? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they are. I mean, they're all living off their office money. Steve Carell always struck me as like an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody else struck me as like a TV character. Mm-hmm. Um, which maybe isn't fair. But I mean, none of them are doing anything. The guy who played Jim was in a couple like hipster romantic comedies. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, I really, I as much as I hated, I hated the character of Trent, but I thought Steve Carell did a really good job in the role. Um, like, at the beginning, like, when he asked Duncan to rate himself, mm-hmm. that, ugh, it was awful. Yeah, well, it was an interesting scene, especially when they cut to that there's two other people in mm-hmm. the car. Yeah, definitely. I liked that all we saw of him was his eyes, too, in the rearview mm-hmm. mirror. Yeah, that was that, that was whole opening scene had a lot of really good visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm stupid because I didn't get the title of the movie oh. until the end. <laughs> yeah, but the way way back is because in the movie Steve Carell's car is like a station wagon, mm-hmm. um, and there's three rows of seats, mm-hmm. but the third row faces back. Yeah, um, and that's where the kid is sitting. That's where Duncan is sitting mm-hmm. because. Steph is sleeping, mm-hmm. just sprawled out in the middle, and then the front two is where the adults sit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad they never said the title of the movie. Yeah, but yeah, like so, that was that was a thing I wanted to to mention too, with like the good visual storytelling and 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 that point that you brought up too is something I hadn't even considered, which is a good mm-hmm. idea too. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see, the mom. Um, oh, so Tony Collette and Steve Carell, do you remember that they actually played siblings in Little Miss Sunshine? Um, okay, yes. Okay, well, they did. Um, and I thought it was interesting that, like, they had zero chemistry. Yeah. Like, they didn't look like they matched, which is a dumb, shallow thing to say, but, Mm -hmm. like, they didn't really look like a couple. They didn't act like a couple, really. Like, you sort of, like, felt them, like, putting it on for show, like, when they're on the boat in front of the other, um, Mm -hmm. like, the drunk lady and Kip and Joan. Like, it sort of felt like they were putting on a show, which was interesting um, because we learned that the mom divorced the dad because he cheated on her. Mm Mm-hmm. And obviously, we know that's what Steve Carell was doing to her too. Yep. Um, yeah, I uh, I like I like Tony Collette. She was in um, United States of Terror. 
which I tried to get you to watch once, but you wouldn't. I have not seen it, no. It's, she has, like, um, split personality disorder. So mm. she has a bunch of different personalities, and Brie Larson plays her daughter. It's a really good show. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, I I think she's a great actress. I also disliked her a lot in this movie. Um, yeah, but well, for other reasons. She's spineless, too, which yeah. explains why her son is spineless. Yeah. Well, he's not spineless. He's got extra spine. He walks with a hunch. <laughs> he walks exactly the way my brother walked for most of his life. Really? Yeah, just sort of like <laughs> hunched over, <laughs> um, which is an interesting show of like self-confidence and whatever, because he's like making himself smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sort of feel like I do that sometimes. Probably. Probably. Which you don't need to do. You're tiny. I am. I'm very little. I'm pocket-sized. Um, so I would like to talk about the ending a little bit. I really liked the ending to this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's sort of a thing during the, the middle of the movie. They talk about how there's this legend about a kid who passed somebody in the water slide. Mm-hmm. And then Owen has his little, hey, he now he's on crack and he's a male prostitute. And then he <laughs> sees a little kid. And he's like, hey. You recovered quite well. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought that was good. Um, and so the end of the movie, Duncan jumps out of his, out of the car, mm-hmm. runs to the the water park. He just grabs Owen. He's like, hey, we're doing this. Um, and then they get in and then we can tell that he ends up in front of Owen on the water slide. So conceivably they did it. Um, and I sort of got the feeling that it was, it wasn't that Duncan did it. I think Owen did it. Yeah. Which I think is a really nice touch. Mm -hmm. Um, like it's not that Owen or Duncan became like a new person and he suddenly had all this confidence. It's that like Owen recognized that he needed it Mm -hmm. and he helped him get what he needed because he didn't want him to end up like him. Yes. So I thought that was really well done. Um, and then I just loved the the all of the awful characterization that they gave um, Trent and Steph during the water park scenes. Yeah. They're just so impatient with the whole thing. They're not at all impressed. They're just standing there like, this is ridiculous. This is a waste of a time. What are we doing here? So I thought that was good that even in the last few minutes of the movie, they were still really hitting home that... They are terrible people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get, you, you very much get the whole like apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah. Um, and I, so what do you think that the, that the ending really meant? Like, did you get, you got the same thing out of the water slide thing. Mm-hmm. And then with the, the mom crawling into the way, way back with, mm-hmm. um, what's his name? Duncan. Yeah. What did you think of that? Um, I think he finally, I think the whole, the whole, like, not the whole, once, once he stands up to Trent at the party, mm-hmm. um, he s- sort of like woke her up. Mm. Um, when, when I write, I, I say being alive and I, I think he mm. finally like made her come alive. Yeah. Um, like she's probably going to break up with him. The only reason she was with him is because she was scared of being alone, mm-hmm. you know, um, which which she says, sometimes we do things when we're scared, which I hate when people do. Mm-hmm. People have done this in real life to me where they're like, well, maybe we, I'm like, not we, honey, it's you. <laughs> just, just take, so, so like she has no, like, she has no like self, you know, yeah. she, she has, she has no agency at all. To the point where she can't even say, I'm with him because I'm scared. Mm-hmm. She knows it, but she can't even say it. So she says, sometimes we do things when we... Um, so she finally got agency at the end when she saw her son. Um, that he had a secret know, life the whole summer. Yeah, he had a secret life the whole summer and people loved him. He had mm-hmm. a cool nickname. Uh, <laughs> which again, that's, that's one of those scenes where that it felt simultaneously real and not real. When when the people were like, oh no, you gotta dance before oh, we yeah. watch you take the cardboard <laughs> away. Like at the same time, like I feel like that's totally real, mm-hmm. um, and and would also never happen. Yeah, I agree. W- which is which is an interesting thing that they were able to do that because mm-hmm. I, I feel like I was almost in situations like that mm-hmm. where like like it's these people who are radically different than you, 
and they're they're nice, you know, mm-hmm. enough, right? And all you got to do is just hang mm-hmm. for for long enough, and then they'll respect you. And um, like that's what he did. Like he hung because he wanted the job or yeah. whatever. You know, he wanted to hang out with Owen. He wanted to hang out with Sam Rockwell, so he's just like, I guess, guess I just I have to do it. And yeah. then and everyone's like, all right, cool, you were able to hang. Like, we respect you now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was good. Um, but so so for the end, you know, she, 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 the adult learned more from the kid, which I guess if the point of this movie is for adults to like it, if this is mm-hmm. a movie for people in their late 20s, early 30s, then that makes sense to yeah. me. That it would be the adult who who learns the lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is kind of irrelevant. Um, but so this movie was from twenty thirteen. Yep. I so you know young adult literature is my thing. Mm-hmm. When I can finally get myself to write, that's what I write. Mm-hmm. Um, I was writing a story, was totally in love with it. Then I saw this movie and realized it was the exact same story. Really? Yep. Well, you're right, young adult fiction, so finish <laughs> it and get it published. <laughs> I, like, it was insane how similar it was. Really? I had not seen this movie. I hadn't heard of this movie. Somebody told me to watch this movie, so I did. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, like, I couldn't believe it. I was in shock that this was the movie, the, the story that I was writing. So maybe that means it was good i don't know that i was on the right track with yeah I, was I, mean, I mean yeah you were you were on the right track it's it's uh yeah it's like that that portlandia skit with bart scompson oh yeah it's like i guess we got <laughs> i guess we got a case of parallel thought like that's that's interesting that that happened to you but um yeah i mean it is young adult fiction so mm-hmm. just finish it make the character gay <laughs> and get it published the only difference was my main character was a girl. That was it. Okay. We'll make her gay and you'll get it published. Okay. And you'll get movie rights and that'll be great. All right. So I have some trivia for you if you would like to hear. Please. Okay. As part of the show. In an interview, writer-director Jim Rash said the script's main inspiration was the opening scene inspired by a similar conversation he had with his own stepfather when he was 14. I assume it would be the rate yourself kind of thing, mm-hmm. which also made me angry because he didn't give him any parameters. It was just very open-ended rate yourself. Yeah. Well, because he just, he wanted to just say, hey, I think you're shitty. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and this is <laughs> how he was going to do it. Um, in order to save money, the filmmakers decided to not get trailers for the actors and instead decided to rent a house for the duration of filming, approximately six weeks, where the actors could go between takes. The house turned into a popular hangout spot for the cast and crew, and they would often go to the house even on days off or during weekends. Oh, cool. I think, like, I've heard of stuff like that happening with other movies, mm-hmm. um, and I think it really helps. Like, I think it makes the the scenes feel more real because they Mm -hmm. actually have connections i don't know yeah well you know when when actors spend more time together they have more chemistry together Mm -hmm. um sam rockwell would often improvise and joke around on the loudspeaker during scenes one time forgetting that there were children around he made an inappropriate joke about herpes which upset the owner of the park rockwell (laughs) had to go and apologize that they could continue filming Uh, the script was written in 2007 as The Way Back, but the title was later changed to avoid confusion with the film The Way Back from 2010. Which is also a great film. Uh, the title refers to The Way Back Seat, the 1970s colloquial, colloquial expression for the third often hidden seat located in the cargo section of a station wagon. While location scouting, Jim Rash would take pictures of beach houses that he felt would be good to film in. During filming, he discovered that one of the houses he photographed belonged to Steve Carell's in-laws. Oh, that's cute. Um, Steve Carell initially turned the movie down because he and his family go on vacation to his home state, Massachusetts, every summer. However, it was later discovered that the location of the film shoot was a short drive away from where Carell and his family vacationed. Therefore, he was able to accept the role. Um, the name of the water park Duncan works at in the movie is called the Water Wiz. And the first grown-ups, there is a water park the family's go- the water park the family goes to is also called Water Water Wiz. Both film star Maya Rudolph, and it was shot in the same park. Hmm. I've not seen grown-ups. I s- I did see it. It was very forgettable, but I did see it. Okay. <laughs> um, Steve Carell shot his part in ten days. Um, in the original script, the character of Caitlin was a young teenager who worked in the park and had no significant screen time. In later drafts, Jim Rash and Nat Faxon decided to make the character older and have her interact 
with Owen more, though it was mostly superficial interaction. When My Rudolph was cast, Rash and Faxon told Rudolph and Rockwell that although there was not much in the script, the two actors would have to create a meaningful relationship between their two characters. Oh. If that wasn't scripted, I thought that was really awesome. Yeah. That they... Yeah, they did They did a good job. Yeah. So, Caitlin was My Rudolph's character. Yeah. Who, I'm sorry, listeners of the podcast, I know actors, not character names sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that was a really like realistic feeling relationship yes yes it did (laughs) i I agree i agree wholeheartedly and have nothing to add even though i thought i did when i started speaking okay um the screenplay for this film was featured in the 2007 blacklist a list of the most liked unmade scripts of the year i feel like we've seen a lot of movies that i was just gonna say kings of summer was also one of those okay i feel like frank was probably that too yeah um, when Owen is giving Duncan a ride home, he says, quote, I hate clowns. Kidding. Except for the part where I really do hate them. End quote. Sam Rockwell, who plays Owen, starred in Clown House. He plays one of the three young brothers that are terrorized by the three escaped mental patients who are dressed as clowns. Uh, Sounds like a wonderful movie. <laughs> Steve Carell and Tony Collette previously played brother and sister in Little Miss Sunshine seven years prior. Um, bad weather forced the crew to shoot interior scenes first, which involved Nat Faxon and Jim Rash as performers making their directorial debut in front of the camera, not behind it. Um, let's see. Um, a documentary called Wagon Masters from 2012, uh, released the year before this movie, discusses the importance of the way back seat. Promotional items released for Wagon Masters included bumper stickers and buttons declaring proudly, I sat in the way back. Um, star Liam James and actress Amanda Peet starred in 2009's 2012 together. They played mother and son. So that was Duncan and Joan played mother and son in that movie. Mm. Which, fun fact for all of you people out there, the movie 2012 was our first date. It was. <laughs> it was not great. The The movie, I mean, the date was good. We had our first kiss during the movie. We did. How adorably high school is that? Because um, I was too afraid to kiss her when she was looking at me. Aw. Is, is what it was. How cute. We had a long, like, 15-minute awkward stand in your yard. Did we? Yeah. Before that, when we were like, all right, we're going to kiss now. Oh. And then we didn't. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Fun times. And now we're married and we're the cutest. Um, Yeah, that's about all I have for trivia. Do you have any other any other th- points you would like to make? Any other mm-hmm. things? No. 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 Okay. Um, there's one shot. They're doing shot reverse shot where... I forget who the who the mom was talking to, but she was down in the grass. It was near the beginning. She was down in the grass, mm-hmm. and then someone was up on the porch. Okay. Um, and they were doing shot reverse shots. So the person on the porch was lit with orange light, um, like most of this movie has orange light. Um, but when they cut to her, it's blue, mm. and it bugged me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, I did, I really enjoyed the music in this movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> you didn't? No, not really. It was, it was forgettable. I mean, it was just like, oh, look, you got a banjo. Okay. No, I thought it fit the movie pretty well. Like, it was very upbeat and kind of hopeful sounding. Yeah. <laughs> it was fine. Okay. Well... <laughs> Let's do some uh, some survey questions, shall we? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh. All right. Based on what we know from things we heard in this movie, name two songs you think are on Duncan's playlist. Oh. Um, well, aside from aside from Ario Speedway. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the first half of this movie had a lot of, like, classic rock, but, mm-hmm. like, not songs that you would know. Like, there's, like, Billy Joel mm-hmm. and um, a couple other recognizable artists, but, like, not their songs, mm-hmm. um, which was interesting. So, like, the first half of the movie had music I liked because it was music I like. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the score and the sort of songs near the end were just kind of, eh. 
Um, what songs would be on his playlist? Well, he listens to REO Speedwagon, so he probably also listens to Jefferson Airplane. So he might have We Built This City. Okay. Um, I can see that. I can see him really rocking out to that. Um, and then also probably like Elton John. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, probably like Goodbye Yellow Brick Road or something. Some some more like ballady Elton John stuff since he was listening to um Can't Fight This Feeling anymore. Okay. So maybe even Meat Love too. Ooh. I don't know. Mm. Meat Loaf. Um which character would be the first to die in a horror movie? Duncan. Really, you think? <laughs> well, no, it would be Steph. Probably because Steph. she's blonde and bitchy and dumb and wears short skirts. So something would happen where she probably gets like her top ripped off first and she's running around with her boobs out and then something kills her. Okay. Um Um and finally which character do you think would be the most likely to help you out of a jam? Oh, Owen, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Sam Rockwell's character. I really liked that character. I, I don't, did, too. I don't know if I if I talked about that enough, but um, aside from the fact that he's a tremendously sad man, mm-hmm. um, I really, really like that type of character. Um, I, I like that trope of the manic pixie dream boss. Mm-hmm. I, I like the adult who's like... Yeah, go do it, kid. You mm-hmm. know, who, who who sends them out to, to go um, break up the kids' hip-hop dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and does it, like, partly because he knows it'll be good for the kid and partly just because it'll be funny. <laughs> yeah. But, like, mostly just because it'll be funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I love, I love that. I do, too. Um, I don't know if it's realistic, yeah. but but I love it. I agree. It's good. I love it. Well, where can uh, people get in touch with us? People can get in touch with us at sharingeverythingshow at gmail.com. And what sort of things would you like people to send us? Movie suggestions, reviews of movies that we've talked about, disagreements, agreements, encouragements, socialist manifestos, really anything. Okay, you heard it here. You can send us whatever you'd like. And what are you planning to show me next week? I've just decided we're going to watch Ava's Possessions. Oh, sounds intriguing. All right, until then, keep talking, keep loving, and keep sharing. 